Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Logic Sports NFL Sunday Podcast. I'm joined by Dan Pleat and Nasir Subar. How are you guys doing today? I'm ready for football, baby. Very ready for football. Yeah, so am I, and there's a lot of great games that we could talk about, but like we do every Sunday, we're going to break it down to three, and we're going to start at, at the one o'clock slate with Atlanta going against the Saints in Atlanta. Both teams are one and one coming off of a victory after losing their, their openers. What do you guys expect out of this game? Uh, I'm expecting a high-scoring game. The way both these offenses push the pace on teams is crazy. You got two dominant receivers, two good quarterbacks. You got Julio Jones versus uh, Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas is leading the league with receptions with 28 through two games. That's 14. That's averaging 14 a game. If he continues this, he's going to easily break the record. So I think this is going to be a high-scoring game between both of them, especially with Drew Brees as a pinpoint QB. See, I want it to be high-scoring. Like, I would love to see just, like, Michael Thomas going up against Julio. Like, just those guys are both just going to, like, they could light it up for you. But honestly, I feel like it would just be low-scoring just because the Falcons have a good defense and the Saints, after letting up all those points to the Bucks, I feel like are trying to prove that they have a good defense. So last week they only let up 18 of the Browns, which is still not great. But I think against the Falcons, since the Falcons have some issues they have to resolve, both defenses will play a little better than their offenses. Well, I expect a high-scoring game, kind of like Nas, just because both offenses are kind of explosive. I know Devonta Freeman is out for the Falcons, but it's like the same thing because Mark Ingram is out for the Saints in suspension. So it's just one running back going at it, and then they have the two receivers, Julio and Michael Thomas. And honestly, I like Michael Thomas over Julio. I think Michael Thomas is probably the best receiver in the league. And I say that with confidence because the way he just plays and the way the offense is set up is perfect for him. He gets open more than anybody, and he gets targeted, and he catches all his targets. And he's just so productive. It's hard to match that. Yeah, he's all right. I, I, mean, no, he's really I mean, I also think we're forgetting a key factor in this game. I think Alvin Kamara is going to have a pretty good big impact. With him being a receiving back and be able to push the pace as a rusher, I think he'll be able to – I think with him, the play action will be real good for Michael Thomas in the open field. I mean, you can go, sorry. Uh, well, yeah, I think – it really starts with Alvin Kamara because they do got to get the play action and, you know, run some short plays, short screen passes to him, and then that opens up the field deep for Ted Ginn and Michael Thomas to really spread the field. And the Falcons are banged up on defense without Keanu Neal and Deion Jones. So, I mean, that's perfect because the safety, that's a backup safety that has to help over Michael Thomas. And then you're without your stud middle linebacker to slow down Alvin Kamara with with whatever he does. So that's going to be really interesting, I think, just how the Falcons really set up on defense. Yeah, that's going to be a big impact because Deion Jones is really like the – he's the brain of the defense, basically. Oh, yeah. He's setting everybody up. He's making plays. He's he's sideline-to-sideline side type of linebacker speed. So him not playing is going to be critical for them to rush. Yeah, I mean, Kamara's that guy who just, like, he gets open. And, and if you're going to put a good linebacker up against him, like, that's going to be a good battle. But now that Deion Jones is – is that's going to be hard because they, they got Duke Riley. They got – um. Devondre Campbell, but he's good. Devondre Campbell, no, he is, but like he's not. He's, good. he's, he's more this to to beat Kamara. But with know? Campbell, I was watching really against the Eagles game, like in the Eagles game, he's more the guy who covers like the tight ends and stuff like oh, that, yeah. not really the run stoppers. So, so that's what I'm saying. I'm pretty like, sure it would be, be Duke Riley, Riley yeah. against Kamara, and Kamara, I feel like will just be getting open over him and breaking a few tackles, getting some touchdowns. Their corners, like even without uh, Keanu, Neal, Keanu Neal, their DBs are still like. Pretty good, so they're gonna help on Thomas, but Thomas will probably get his. But I think Kamara would have to be the X factor for for the Saints, honestly. What would your key points be for the Falcons then? Uh, the Fal like I mean, it would just have to go 
to the defense. Like they have to they have to contain Kamara and Thomas. Like that's so hard to say because both of them have showed that they're like amazing, mm-hmm. <laughs> honestly. So it's gonna be hard, but that's really what they have to do. Like if if like people like Vic Beasley and um like McKinley can can get to can get to um, get to Drew Brees a little bit. Like maybe that that would help, but it would it would really just be like not giving Drew Brees his options anymore because Drew Brees is one gonna go down to the Hall of Fame. Like he's he's amazing. So if you can at least get some pressure on him while your corners are still like, and and your and your linebackers are kind of playing well against like Kamara and Thomas and like Ginn, then you have then they have a good shot. But they need that pass rush and they're really gonna need some help in the in the secondary just because they got like Thomas just gets open. It's crazy. Yeah, if I had to flip the switch on that and go instead of saying their defense is going to, I think their offense is gonna have to be an impact too. Not having the Devontae Freeman, Tevin Coleman's gonna have to step up as their starting running back and he he's a good running back as far as receiving and like lowering his shoulder and going straight, but they're gonna have to use Julio Jones effectively, especially in the in the red zone in the end. Like yeah. when you get when you start getting into that tight space, you have to go to your best player. Even if it's the, the fade, apparently it hasn't worked out too well for them recently. So they gotta game plan it up. Maybe throw him like a quick screen out there and let him just go. He's six four. Um, I'll probably guess like around two fifteen. He's a big. He's a big guy. He's mobile and like he can lower his shoulder and run over a corner if he has to. So you got to find a way to get him the ball for him to get that confidence back in himself. They just got to find a way to put the ball in the end zone because they can't be going down the field past the 30-yard line and kicking field goals against the Saints because their offense, the Saints' offense is really good and they're going to score touchdowns, and you know that. So if you're the Falcons, you have to execute in the red zone. Steve Sarkeesian really has to dial up something because he hasn't done it ever since he became the offensive coordinator I mean, last week wasn't bad. They had four touchdowns. Last yeah, last week, last was week wasn't good. bad. That was yeah. against the Panthers, so. Yeah, I agree, but they got to be consistent. Only one week, though, yeah. They got to be consistent because that's one week, but dating back to last year, ever since Kyle Shanahan left, they've been having trouble in the red zone. Julio Jones only has three, three touchdowns. touchdowns. That's terrible. He doesn't have one yet this year, and all the other elite, I mean, elite uh, receivers are getting theirs, and Julio's really not in the red zone, so they got to do something and really have a consistent game plan in the red zone and score because if you don't score, the Saints are just going to take, the, take the game away from you. <laughs> but moving on, um, I want to, before we move on, actually, I want to go to the predictions for the game. Who do you think is going to win and what would the score be? Uh, I'm going to have to go Saints 31, Falcons 24. I also think the Saints will win. They probably want to prove themselves after two more or less crappy games, I guess. Um, but like I said, I'll, I'll have it lower scoring. I think 20 to twenty to 14. I'm going to go to the Falcons in this one because they just, compared to what the Saints have played and what the Falcons have played just in the first two games, the Saints kind of had, they had the Bucks and the Browns, and the Bucks are solid this year, obviously. But they haven't really played well against teams that they should have played well against. And the Falcons, they had the Eagles and the Panthers. Those are two playoff teams from last year. And, you know, they're really in that rhythm, I think. that really They, they had to get in midseason form early because they're playing elite teams. So I think this will help them in this game. And they're at home, too. So I'm going to have to go to the Falcons 24-20 to 20 in a close game. Comes down to the wire. It would probably be close. Those yeah. games are always. Close. It's gonna. It's gonna be a good players. game. That, yeah. that division is always having games. Yeah. No matter who games plays. In that division. It's gonna be a good game. Yeah. 
But now we're going to go to the 4 o'clock game. And instead of a divisional battle, it's kind of a city battle in the Battle of L.A. between the L.A. Chargers and the Rams. Two of the more high-powered high offenses in the league that really can put up some points and get some yards on you. So obviously offense is a big part. What do the defenses have to do to slow down the other team's offenses? The Chargers are going to have to have Ingram and is Bosa playing? Bosa's out. Bosa's out. See, that's that's big right there. You losing another one of your key defensive players. I mean, them stopping Gurley is going to be the main vocal point because he's the animal that takes him on rushing. He can rush for 100 yards. He can receive for 100 yards because they like giving him the ball and getting him in an open space. And Jared Goff has looked really good this past couple weeks. He went 33-13 to against the Raiders and 34 to nothing against the Sorry Cardinals. I know that those two defenses aren't the best, but this game it could be a test to how good this team really can be. But them not having Joey Bosa is going to hurt them a lot as far as the Chargers. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's much the defense can really do. I think both teams will just put up insane numbers uh, today. But, I mean, the the formula to win would, I guess, just be clutch at this point. Because if they both do, if they're both just scoring and scoring and scoring, that's kind of just going to be the last one to score or the last one to get, or the first one to get stopped, you know? So, say, like, the game comes down to the wire, like, the defense, the better defense will show in this game, I believe. Because once they get a stop, that's just, that's just you putting up another seven. Because your offense is, is is that good. I mean, I think I think both offenses are really good. And I think both offenses really rely on the running back position. And the Rams do have Gurley. Obviously, he's the top three back in the league, in my opinion. And the Chargers, they have two backs. They have Austin Eckler and Melvin Eckler's Gordon. Well, and they yeah. both produce, not even just running the ball, just receiving. They both will get theirs receiving, and they can run the ball on you. So, you know, the weakest part of the... Rams defense is the linebacker position Mm -hmm. so I want to see how Eckler and Gordon are used in the receiving game because I think that's how the Chargers can really exploit the Rams defense because the Rams defense is good Mm -hmm. and they had the potential to slow down the Chargers offense. I think we're we're overlooking at what the D-line is going to, I think the D-line is going to control this game because Aaron Donald and Dominican Sue, Michael uh, Brockers, those those three up front are going to shut down the run and you know, you know, uh, Aaron Donald's going to get to the quarterback when he needs to. In a clutch moment, like you said, this game could come down to being clutch. It might not be on the offense. It might be on one of those front linemen coming at the QB. Yeah, I mean, I, um, like you said, that since uh, the defense will have to step up, it's just it's like you look at you look at both defenses, and and you can I think you can tell which one's better. Like the Rams, I think are better. Mm-hmm. On both, maybe not on offense, but on defense. Their offense will get theirs against the Chargers' defense, but their defense, I think, will step up just a little bit. Like, like I said, like in the clutch or something, just because they have those people at, in the secondary too. To leave and Peters have been targeted eleven times on the season in two games, and they've only let up four catches. That just means they're not even looking that way, and teams like they can't do anything about it because like those are two of your cornerbacks. It's not like you just have to look away from one. You gotta look away from that part and then the other. Part. But in that case, I think that's fine with the Chargers because your playmaker is Keenan Allen. He's a slot. He's a slot receiver, and Talib and Peters both don't go in the slot. So if he's in the slot, and I'm pretty sure Mark like lined up against like Lamarcus Joyner or something like that, Keenan or yeah, uh, Nicole Roby Coleman. 
Like, they can really, I mean, Keenan Allen can actually really do something. I think he'll be a big factor because he's a, a, a top receiver who's not really going to be shadowed by the elite cornerback. He's going to be in the slot and can hide from those corners and really get. But but just get, because, just because like, Mike Williams on the outside or Terrell Williams or Travis Benjamin are up against those guys, that kind of takes that option away a little bit. They're still, they'll but still then they have their running backs. But, yeah, then they have their running backs. So, like I said, since they have those two corners and, and the yeah. Chargers don't have enough depth or enough ex- – they have experience. They don't have enough depth in the in the DBs. That, that's what I think the difference will have to be. Hmm. What what kind of what kind of game do you think this will be? Do you think it will be a high-scoring game or a low-scoring game? I'd probably go high-scoring yeah, just because be. I think both our offenses had their explosive moments. They feel the confidence going into these games. So, and this is for L.A. So both teams are hyped up for this. But I think I really think that the pressure on Philip Rivers, the the pocket closing in on him, I think that's gonna make a big difference in the game. I think he'll probably have to get the ball out quicker, and I think he will because he's got like like you said, they have um, Keenan Allen in the slot, and that's an easy go to, and he's fast, he's quick, he's quick off the line, so he can get open and get space real quick. So I feel like he's just gonna have to have probably like a one to two second. Ratio of getting the ball out quickly and frequently during the game for them to have success. Yeah, like like he said, it will probably just be high scoring. I I kind of I kind of look look at the the Chiefs Steelers game from last week to kind of compare it. That was forty two to thirty seven. That was a ridiculous amount of points being scored. So I feel like it's going to be somewhere in that ballpark, maybe a little less, because I think both defenses in this game are are a little better than the Chiefs and the Steelers. But like I said, it will probably be high scoring. So. Just because you get to see a lot of offense, it's definitely going to be a game I'll be focused on a lot more than others at four. All right, well, nationally, nationally, the Rams are kind of deemed, at this point, like you watch a lot of like ESPN or NFL Network, you see like the power rankings. The Rams are like one or two. Would you consider them like a top two team in the NFL as of right now, at least? Uh, Because of the additions to the defense and the addition of Brandon Cooks, who is one of the better... Uh, small receivers in the league, I guess. I think they are. The, they already had Aaron Donald, so just adding the Dominican Sue, like that's that's kind of insane at that point. And then Marcus Peters came into the league, just tearing it up. Had the most picks as a rookie, and his, and like I said, uh, yeah, as a rookie. So just because you got these guys and you got a veteran in a keep to lead to, to even help Peters a little bit to make him even better than he is. Yeah. I mean, I don't see why they couldn't be up there. I I personally think they're better than the Vikings. I personally think they're better than our favorite team, the Eagles. I would say they're number one in, in the NFC. Might not be better than the Patriots, but like your question was, I think they are top two. How about you, Nas? Top two team? Top two team? I think they, as far as conference or as far as like in general? Like, in general. I, I'd have to agree, actually, because I do feel like Jared Goff is hitting his peak and where he can make this transition and may, maybe make his run for the Super Bowl. Just because, like you said, they added a lot of a lot of pieces on defense that's really going to impact them. They had an explosive offense last year, and adding Brandon Cooks is just going to make them even better. And Gurley's just getting better as he's as he's continuing. So I feel like Sean McVay is a genius for one. He's a genius as far as play calling and knowing situations and what he needs to do to make his team better. And he's a great offensive mind in the league. So I'd have to say yes, they are a number two team as of, as far as right now. Yeah, I would agree with that. So. Based off the game later on today, who do you think wins and by what score? I'm going. So I'm I'm picking a lot of high scoring games today. I'm I'm gonna have to say the Rams, and I'm gonna have to go with a score of 
I'm going to say 42 to 38. How about you, Dan? <laughs> I mean, I, I really... <sighs> no, nah, I'm going to pick the Chargers, actually. Um, the Chargers, they kind of just came off a cupcake game against the Bills, so that gave them confidence. But they had lost the week before in, like, a high-scoring one, so I feel like, like against a good team. So I feel like they kind of want to show themselves against a good team at this point. And I think they have the firepower to do it. And like I said, their defense just has to step up a little more than the Rams will. Uh, the Rams do. They could. You never know. Like, the Rams could come out a little flat. You never know. But I'm just going to go Chargers 35, Rams 30. Ooh, I like that one. And um, my score prediction would probably be 33 to 24 Rams. Mm-hmm. I think, I think the Rams' offense would just... Do well. I think they can do well against the Chargers defense. I think their defense will help them get good field position maybe one or two times to put the ball in the end zone and help Gurley uh, get in there. So, overall, I think both te- it's not going to be as high scoring as we think maybe, but I think more, more def- the defense tries to show up because, you know, both defensive coordinators are planning hard to stop the next offense yeah. because they're both high-powered offenses and one of the best in the league, probably both top five offenses in the league. But I think that game will be really good also, like the Saints-Falcons game. But we're going to go to tomorrow night, the Monday night football game, with two teams like on the opposite side of the spectrum, kind of. like One one team has everything going their way. The other team, they're just trying to fix everything and get everything back together. And that's the Pittsburgh Steelers against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Tampa. Do you think there's any chance Ryan Fitzpatrick can continue this success? I think this. I, I see. I thought it was gonna end last week, so I'm not really <laughs> sure. And this is this was a more elite defense in the Eagles. Me not trying to be biased, but they are a more elite team than Pittsburgh. So, but I do believe Pittsburgh's offense is gonna keep them afloat. And I can't see them see a lot of a lot of stuff last week from the Buccaneers game. They had like explosive plays. They had big plays, and they had that, those type of plays against the Saints as well. So, if the Steelers can watch their film and see that if they can take away the deep plays and like the trick and the wild plays that happen in their game, then they can actually contain them. And their offense is going to put up the numbers like they have. Yeah. So I'll just, I would think the Steelers are going to shut it down this week. How about you, Dan? Uh, I wouldn't say they're going to shut it down. I do think they're going to win. Um, I think Fitzpatrick kind of just relies on like, like going deep a little bit, and then when once he gets you deep, he kind of goes shorter and shorter. It's that Deshaun Jackson factor. Yeah, I think exactly. If he hits you deep once, well, then like the rest of the game, the team is going to focus on it, yeah. and then that's when you have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Exactly. Yeah, see, like the the play last week against the Eagles, where um OG How OJ Howard went on a big run because there was two broken tackles. Yeah. Like that, those type of plays, I feel like those don't really they're not going to happen. Against the Steelers, as long as they watch the film and we're smarter about it. Uh, yeah, I just think the Steelers are so focused right now. It since they're zero and uh, they're zero one and one. They kind of just want they want that win and they want it against a good team. They don't just want a cupcake game to come in. Like they want to show that they're actually still good. Because yeah. after those first two weeks, no one, no one really knows. Like they put up the numbers against KC. That defense looked really bad, and I never thought that defense was that bad. Well, I don't know if this is going to result in a win or loss, but I think Ryan Fitzpatrick will have a great game because. Pittsburgh's defense, like, their secondary is terrible, like, absolutely terrible. They allowed six touchdowns last week. Obviously, to Patrick Mahomes, he's he's a really good quarterback yeah. right now, or seem to be a really good quarterback. But still, like, they tied with the Browns, and the Browns scored 21 on them. And Tyrod Taylor, 
he had a pretty good game against them. And you saw what Tyrod Taylor did on uh, Thursday with the Jet against the Jets, and he did terrible. So like Pittsburgh's defense, Pittsburgh's, Pittsburgh's defense needs help like badly. So and if Fitzpatrick is on this hot streak, the the Bucks defense, I mean the Bucks offense is the type to I think exploit this. Pittsburgh secondary, especially because Joe Hayden is not the same Joe Hayden. He's their number one corner, and he's like really their only really good defensive back. And you know they don't have Shazier obviously, and they're definitely missing him. So like they need playmakers to step up, and I think Fitzpatrick can definitely still have a good game. And if Pittsburgh wants to win, it has to come with on on their offense. And speaking of their offense with Antonio Brown with all that drama, do you think? Antonio Brown can bounce back and have a good game. I think he'll be fine. I think I think that was just a little bit of frustration from time with the Browns and then losing to Kansas City in like a shootout. Cause someone came at him saying he's not putting up the numbers. Like he's he's been one of the best receivers in the league for he years. Has, yeah. And you can never say that he's just because he's with Big Ben, he's not gonna produce. He helped they 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 have a good relationship with each other. Their connection is what makes them special, is what makes them always in a potential team to make the Super Bowl or win it all. So I just feel like him and Ben will have, they had their practice this week that they'll come out and that they'll have their connection again and that he'll go off. Honestly, I think he's going to have a great game. You think he's going to have a great game? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they, they try to force him the ball. They try to force him and Juju the ball, actually. Like, he had 17 targets last week. He only had nine catches, but 17 targets, like, that's a lot. Like, Ben's going to consistently just throw it to him mm-hmm. because – because their running game probably won't work. Because Gerald McCoy, Levante David, Quan Alexander, they'll blow that up. But the secondary is so banged up that then that their offense already knows that the Steelers. So like their offense passes enough as it is. But if if Connor isn't going to be doing anything because all those guys are stacking the box to get him, if they know it's a run, then that means that the A B and Juju will have to have a field day tomorrow. Uh, to to yeah tomorrow night. Sorry. So like Ben's just going to be winging it to him and if, if AB is the same as I think he is like he'll just he'll maybe have touchdown or two and 100-150 yards yeah I, I could actually see that just because he's motivated mm-hmm. and that definitely could play like it's a big factor but with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers if they win this game would you start taking them seriously I mean I I, I honestly already take them seriously yeah. they they beat the, the Super Bowl champions, team. even though they aren't the same, and they also beat Another the New Orleans Saints, who were a contender, who even though they didn't the look great, ball. you still know they're a good team. Mm-hmm. So right now I'm taking them seriously. I I think they have a chance to beat the Steelers. But yeah, if they beat the Steelers, I mean, there's no. I think everyone will have to take them seriously at that the, point. The numbers don't lie. You're starting off 2-0, your quarterback, even though he's a backup and he's a journeyman, he's, play, he's been playing out of his mind. And if... He can keep that up consistently, even if it's like the first three games. That's something to read off of. See where you, if you like lose the next game, like let's say they go three and one the next week, you look back what you did successful in the first three games against three elite teams. All three teams were in the playoffs last year, so if you can start off three and zero like that. That's a great. That's a great way to start. So what about the other side? If Pittsburgh loses and they fall to zero two and one, what would that look like for them? Uh. I think they're still. I think it's gonna be hard, but the, but their division isn't the best yeah. in my opinion. But I don't their division is winning games. Like the are. Bengals are two and zero somehow, and they could beat the Panthers this week. You don't, you don't really know what can happen. So like like they could go to zero two and one, but there's still a chance that that the Ravens are two and one or the Bengals. The worst they can be is two and one. So like no matter what, they're gonna be two games behind already without even playing those, any of those teams yet. That's true, but I think. 
Yeah, I think to win this division, you really need probably nine or ten wins to win it. I don't yeah. think you have to freak out just yet. But zero and three or what is it? Zero two and one. That's that is like a setback. Cause I like, think you start calling Le'Veon at that point. You have to. You <laughs> you you're obviously not getting the production that you need. When he's in, you win games because he is their most productive player. Ab's Ab's a great target as a receiver, but he's not the most productive because Le'Veon brings the rush. He brings the pass. Like that's. That's a huge impact in the game, and that's another thing that they have to worry about with all those threats. So, it's pretty um, hard. I mean, so I it's hard to say that the Steelers are. First of all, like you said, their the division isn't great, so they wouldn't have to win too too many games. They're very set back now, but they did play like if they were to lose tomorrow, they would have played two of the better teams in the league right now. Casey is one of the best, and then Tampa Bay also. So I wouldn't. I would. You can't call them out. They're still gonna get their games. Like they're gonna win football games. So until they, like until they were to be like zero and five, zero and six, it'd be hard to really count them out because they have that much firepower. Yeah, I think they also have to have that extra game. If they're zero five and zero five and one. That's is. I mean that. Yeah. I mean yeah, but that also could hurt them because if a team is ten and six and they're nine six and one, then they're not gonna get in because. Because of that, but overall, who do you think wins this game? I'm gonna have to go with Pittsburgh in a close one. I'm saying thirty to twenty-seven. I think they went off a field goal. Uh, yeah, just because the Steelers are winless right now, I think they have to prove something. I'm I'm gonna go. I don't even know. I'm gonna go thirty to twenty-four. I'm going with Tampa. I just don't think Pittsburgh secondary is nearly as good as the Saints or the Eagles. And I think Fitzpatrick, <laughs> and I think Fitzpatrick will have a good game. Not a four hundred yard game again. There's no way he does that three three times in a row. Well, let me not say that. But like, I don't think it would happen. So I'm a, I'm gonna take Tampa Bay twenty seven to seventeen. I think Pittsburgh struggles to uh, score some points. But let's go into easy pickings before we end uh, today's show. And it hasn't been very easy for any of us. But I'll start first. This week, and I'm going to go the Minnesota Vikings over the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> Mainly because the Bills, they suck. suck. They suck. They're terrible. <laughs> and the Vikings, I, they were in the conference championship last year. They got Kirk Cousins. Uh, they played Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Perfect. They tied, basically. So they had, they, they had a great game. And if the Vikings lose, then I'm probably just going to give up. So I'm, I'm going Vikings easy over the Bills. Um, mine, I'm going to go against... The team I picked last week who let me down, I'm going to go Packers over Redskins. Uh, Rodgers looked really good against one of the best defenses in the league in the Vikings. And almost almost won. Um, so just because Rodgers is so good and the Redskins just are so shaky, I feel like Rodgers will just kind of have a field day against them. Mm-hmm. The score prediction or no? Uh, my score prediction is going to be 30 to uh, 14. 30 to 14. All right, I'm going to have to pick the Bears over the Cardinals. I think the Cardinals are struggling right now. I think uh, Bradford is a terrible QB. They need to put in Rosen. They're struggling. They're, they're running. There's like a chicken running without a tail. Like, I'm confused. <laughs> Tell how you really feel. They're so confused. Like, you, you getting blasted 34 to nothing? You haven't put oh, a point. Bad. Like, I don't understand how you just playing this bad. And I think the Bears have a good defense. And I think Khalil Mack is going gonna, is gonna to frighten um, Sam Bradford in the pocket. So I think Trubisky will have a solid game enough to at least get them the win. 
I'll probably go 21 to like 3. I'm not even sure if you Well, wow. So, <laughs> that so, something. so the Cardinals, they're not good according to Nas. They're not. I want the Cardinals to win just so like I can always play this back. Exactly. It's how you just roasted them and they just proved you wrong. All right. But listen, it's not like this is like the Vikings they're playing. It's the Bears. So even if I'm wrong, I'll, I'll, I'll admit I'm wrong. The next week, I will admit to myself being wrong. But 34 to nothing, you just can't tell me this is a good, at least an okay team. Cardinals fans, holla at me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's going to wrap up the Logic Sports NFL Sunday podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Podcast Logic and tune in on Thursday for the regular Logic Sports podcast with me, Dan, and Nasir will be talking to you about sports. But we'll see you guys. Enjoy football today and have a good Sunday.